Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. My name is Jay Zawoski. With me is Mario Tirabasi and Greg Boyson. We are presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Thanks for joining us here on this Tuesday afternoon, uh, mere hours after the Hawks blew a 4-0 lead to the Buffalo Savers for a uh, 6-5 ultimate loss. Uh, no practice from the team today, but we've got some some fallout from the game last night. We've also got some some other news around the Blackhawks. The two Kyles, uh, Dubis and Davidson, have kissed and made up. Everything's all better, so we can get into that. And some interesting other topics we have as well. But, fellas, welcome in. It's good to see you virtually for the first time. Yep, sitting sitting here in the office. Uh, maybe pants on, maybe pants off. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> There's only one way to find out, my friend. Yeah, well, that's that's for that's for another episode of CHGO Blackhawks After Dark. It's, yeah, okay. it's way too early for that. But oh no, uh, yeah, that'll be on. Uh, that'll be the West Coast trip. Yeah, the next one. Yeah, yeah, real late, real late, <laughs> real late night. <laughs> Uh, so let's get into it. Last night's game, um, we broke it down in the post game, but we know a totally different audience if you weren't with us uh, super late night. Um, one thing that stood out about this loss in particular is Derek King's tenor after the game. And what we had seen most of the time leading up to that loss was someone who is positive most of the time. He would be critical when he needed to be, but more generally critical. He, he, some very pointed comments that we're going to get to in a few minutes here, but uh, that to me, you know, as the anger of the loss sort of burns off, that's what is sticking with me primarily was Derek King's reaction to the loss. Yeah. I mean, it looked like we talked about it, uh, last night after the game, it was, it was a, a different Derek King than we're used to seeing. It was someone who was visibly upset. Um, you know, you, you could tell in the way that he was, uh, addressing the media that he was choosing, his words uh, pretty carefully about how he was being critical of the team and uh, deservedly. So they, they, you know, they had a, they got out to a four nothing lead and then everything changed. It was, it was a tale of two different games. You know, the Blackhawks played the the right kind of game to uh, you know, to, to dominate basically the first 22 minutes of the game. And then the rest, they just disappeared to save for, you know, one, one Alex to goal in the third period it was a completely different effort, a completely different team. Um, and obviously Buffalo uh, took advantage of that. And just like we saw on Saturday, you know, just a snowball of, uh, of, of bad play from the Blackhawks. And, you know, you see a four goal lead erased. Um, it's pretty, pretty damning. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it doesn't, it takes a lot to get Derek King upset. And that was the most upset we've seen him since he's been Blackhawks interim head coach. And we're going to hear those comments here shortly. Uh, spoiler alert. But, um, you know, what he said was hard to argue with. And when you when he gets really close to per, taking a guy and throwing him under the bus, uh, it doesn't take long to figure out who he was talking about when in these comments. But we might as well get to those comments so we – not confusing people who didn't hear. Yeah, Lawrence, go ahead and fire that up, and we'll uh, we'll we'll comment on the other side. We stopped playing the game the right way. We just decided upon ourselves, take it upon themselves to just go and do what they felt like they wanted to do. Didn't do anything we asked them to do. First period they did. They played the game the right way. Second period, nothing. Third period, yeah, they kind of 
through some uh, flashes. It's like putting lipstick on, right? Clean it up a little bit, make it look good. Not good enough. Are you surprised by, by that, given how the Vegas game played out? Yeah, very surprised. Disappointing. And uh, they should be disappointed. So we'll, we'll find out come uh, next game how disappointed they really are about losing a game like that. That's that. Those comments are, that's his, that's his, his, and he's not pissed. He's not Derek King. I wrote it for CHGO sports this morning. If you want to check it out, all chgo.com. He was not, he's not the kind of guy that's going to flip over a table or dump the Gatorade cooler and start screaming and yelling and breaking sticks and stuff. That's not his personality. He shouldn't do that because it's not genuine. The players would see through something like that. But as we discussed a little bit last night, he is the father figure coach. He's the guy that you don't want to let down. He's the coach that you don't want to disappoint. And that's as disappointed as we've seen him. And flat out saying, like, look, these guys stopped trying. They stopped competing when they're up for nothing. And they're just not good enough to do that. I don't know what it's going to take for the Hawks to realize that they're not a good enough team to not play 60 minutes every single damn game because Every time they take their foot off the gas, the other team comes back on them. It happens all the damn time, whether it's the, you know, the Red Wings of the 90s or the current day Arizona Coyotes. If the Hawks take their foot off the gas, those teams are going to catch them. Whether or not they do it before the clock runs out is one thing, but it's it's a common thing we've seen with this team all year long, and they're just simply not good enough. And, and this was sort of a symptom we saw you know, 2016, 17, 18, when you started to see the decline a little bit, the roster still believed it was strong enough to overcome most teams, right? Because you still had Keith, you still had Seabrook and Crawford, and these guys who believed in themselves so strongly, they didn't really realize that their regression was underway. Now there's no excuse. Kane, Taves, and Debrinkit and Jones, no, the rest of the team behind them is not very strong. So if those guys don't put maximum effort for 60 minutes, the guys behind them aren't going to be able to keep them in a game. Yeah, this is, uh, to your point, this is definitely not the, the the team of old where you could just step out on the ice and be better than two-thirds of the league just by stepping onto the ice. It, the Blackhawks, as much as we've been conditioned to believe um, over the years, like, oh, yeah, you, you can, you know, oh, it's the Sabres. Oh, it's the Coyotes. Oh, it's the Habs. Like, th- other teams look at the Blackhawks and go, oh, it's the Blackhawks. Yeah. Like they're, they're not, yep. they're not this team that just rolls, can steamroll the bottom of the league and be, and, you know, have, have, take a night off and still get, still get a win. You know, these, this, this is not those teams of old. This is a team that for the past few seasons has been in, in the bottom of bottom half, bottom third of the league. They, you know, they have drafted in the lottery the last couple of years, which for almost a decade was, was not the case. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know. It's, you know, you can't, can't call out specific players, but I mean, collaboratively as a team, I don't know who, who's out there thinking they can just coast. You, the, the Blackhawks and the Sabres, you look at it on paper going into the game last night, very close together categorically in, you know, their, their power play, their penalty kill, goals for, goals against, like, they were so evenly matched. This, they weren't taking on a, a Sabres team that was so, you know, so poor, poorly constructed or anything like that. Like, you know, we were, we were talking about last, last night. 
which roster would you rather have moving forward? The Blackhawks, which are essentially going to be blown up in the next few years, or the Sabres, who probably have a young core ready to ready to ready to go, ready to be build built upon. I think the answer is the Sabres. Well, it's interesting, and that kind of leads us to our next uh, topic of conversation. Uh, our buddies uh, Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus at The Athletic always do great work, and they wrote this week about how Patrick Kane and Alex Tabrinkit would be a detriment to a rebuild. And my first thought before I opened and read the, the piece was it's about salary, right? Like, how are they going to afford to pay Alex Tabrinkit and Patrick Kane while they're rebuilding? But their point was it's about their talent, and it's very rare for rebuilding teams to have players of that caliber on their team because, quite frankly, if you're going to be bad enough to get a lottery pick, to get a potential number one, number two, number three pick, to have a good chance at that, you have to lose a lot of games. And Kane and Debrinkit alone might keep them too competitive. And that's a really weird place to be because, look, I think the three of us agree most of our listeners and commenters on, on YouTube agree. No one wants to get rid of Alex to bring it. He should be here when the Hawks are entering their next era of competitiveness. He might wear the C on his sweater. Who knows? But Alex to bring it needs to be here. But I think that's an interesting thing to think about because do the bring and Kane make the Hawks too competitive to be, you know, to, to fall low enough to have great draft picks. I don't know. There's really no answer to it because you can't flat out prove that that's the case because they are pretty bad as it is with those guys. But maybe they're better off just, I don't know, because I, I, I want to see Kane break all the records here. I want to see him become the Blackhawks all-time leading scorer, which is which is within reach for him. It's, it's tough, but it's within reach. I'd love to see it happen in a Hawks sweater, obviously. But at the same time, you've got to do what's right for the team long term and i don't know if another contract be it two or three years whatever for patrick kane is the right move to make yeah it's a very good argument for sure i mean look at that red wings team from a couple years ago that was historically bad i mean they didn't have a patrick kane or alex to it your best player was dylan larkin who was maybe you could fit in that same category as alex to it as the guy they knew was going to be their leader for when they're good again Yep. But other than that, it was a lot of young players and like veteran bottom six guys. And maybe both of them, I don't want Alex to bring it to go anywhere. I think he is the guy that is going to be the superstar when this team is a Stanley cup contender again, Patrick Kane, on the other hand, you know, that's up to him if he's here next year or not. I'm middle of the road on that. I mean, I love Patrick Kane and everything he's done for this organization, but if he comes to Kyle Davidson in July and says, listen, I want to go win a cup next year. Uh, here's the teams I'd like to get traded to. You owe him that. You owe him that as a franchise to say, okay, and you know what? Big picture, long-term, that's probably the best thing this rebuild can have at this point is getting that return for Patrick Kane. I think you'd be able to get a very good, nice return of picks and prospects. Maybe a couple of those veteran players that you plug in for a couple of years as well. You'd probably have to take some salary back, maybe retain half that salary. You can, you've, you've got the space for it. There's a lot of different ways you can sweeten that deal. Take a bad contract back for a better veteran player who's on his last year of a contract. Maybe you get an extra first or second round pick. Lots of things you can do. I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot once the season is over. But again, 
that's up to Patrick Kane. He'll be here if he wants to be here because it's his decision. Blackhawks can't trade him until he says, yes, it's okay, you can trade me. The Brinkett, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the Brinkett on the other hand, as I said, I want him to stay. Um, and I think, you know, with just the Brinkett as your, your main offensive guy and a lot of young defensemen coming up, I know there was a question in the queue uh, in the comments about what do you think they'll do for defense – a lot of our future defensemen are playing in Rockford this year. And as they come up and struggle, Alistair Brinkett's going to have to score like 60 goals for them to not get one of those top three picks. So I think it'll be okay. Let's, yeah. let's go ahead, Mario. Well, and I think, I think you look at, you know, Greg, like you said, like what you would get in a Patrick Kane trade. I mean, you look at what they got for Brandon Hagel and you multiply that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to, Making the salary work obviously gets a little bit tricky, but I mean, if the Blackhawks can retain and, and take a, a contract back, you know they're gonna they're gonna get a pretty hefty um, haul back for him. And for a team that's going to be going into a rebuild, and a team that you know they, they did recoup some of the, the the picks that they were missing, you know they 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 may end up with a first round pick this year after all. Um, but I think going forward, you really have to restock the cupboards of, of the prospect system and, and get young players who are, who are going to be ready to go in the next, you know, two, three, four years. Um, defensively, like, like Greg mentioned, defensively, you know, the ice hogs have a lot of those players pretty much ready to go up to the NHL and, and get, uh, you know, get their first real, um, real tastes of, of, of the NHL in, in the next, probably next season, next two seasons. Um, but, but the forwards group is, is like Lucas Reichel and, yeah, that's about it, you know. Um, so I, I think, and, and goaltending prospects, they have one. You know, no disrespect to to Dominic Bassey, but Drew Camezzo is 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 the next goaltending prospect to to look at, and that's it. So they they have some rebuilding to do. Moving Kane would would do that. Uh, have allow to have that kind of uh, return to have a big opportunity to to restock those uh, that that prospect pool. And yeah, it definitely, you know, you, you look at the, the, the charts and graphs, the impact that Kane has on a team for, you know, uh, goals above replacement, wins above replacement, whatever it is, um, you, you extract Patrick Kane from this roster and, and those, those win totals and those goal totals yeah. down. Yeah. So well, do, what I heard of his numbers probably go down a lot too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely impacted for sure. Um, I, th- what I hear was it Patrick Kane had something like 42. This is inaccurate. I'm just trying to recall, um, like 42 points in his last 21 games or something comical, like some ridiculous Jeez. output lately. I looked at it. I looked at it last night, but prior to the game since February, uh, since February 1st, he's tied with, I think it's Mitch Marner or Roman Yossi. Can't remember. Um, but tied for the uh, second highest point per game output in, in the league with like 1.7 points per game since February 1st. He's in the top. He's, he's like the, the, he's in the top five of, of scoring in the league since January 1st. Um, so he's, yeah, basically since the calendar flipped over, he's been on an absolute tear. Pumping um, up that trade value. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's, he's, I think he, last I looked, he, he's on pace for like 97 points, which would be his third best uh, career output. So, I mean, he's, he's still, he's still got the talent for sure. He's, you know, you're not, you're not trying to move a ten and a half million dollar contract. That's heavy with dead money. Like you would be if you're trying to move Jonathan Taze, like 
Patrick Kane is still playing as a $10 million player. No, no doubt. Yeah. And it's funny, last week we talked a lot about Taves, and we all sort of reached a conclusion that if Taves went to the Hawks and said, can you please trade me, they'd probably feel a bit relieved. Um, I wonder if it would have if it would be the same feeling with Kane. I don't know. I, I think what, what we've seen from Davidson so far is he seems to understand what this is going to take, and he understands the reality, and he is not – uh, sentimentally tied to anyone or anything, which is good. I think that was a bit of an issue with Stan Bowman, especially late in his tenure, which is understandable. I mean, you spend a decade plus with the same group of guys. It is hard to just treat them like assets and not treat them like people. That's totally natural. Um, but Dave, Davidson has come in cold and calculated and has started making moves that are hard on the fans, like the Hagel trade, hard on the fans, the Flurry trade, hard on the fans, but they were the right things to do for the organization. So I'm encouraged that whatever he thinks is right, he will do and is not really, he's not beholden to any old relationships or any old promises. He's a new guy and a new job and seems to be fully empowered to do what he needs to do, which is what we all wanted. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, how this whole thing plays out. Hey, the best way to support CHGO, I hope you're enjoying it so far. I have been, this has been awesome so far, is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, including my Derek King piece from today, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Recapping, that's two grand in free bets on PointsBet, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live College Basketball Same Game Parlay, for the first time ever. You can build the perfect live same game parlay only with PointsBet. Want more? You can also boost your live same game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now... Online setup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Got in an interesting conversation on Twitter today um, looking at my, uh, (laughs) my... my fourth star last night, Eric Gustafson, which was sort of firmly tongue in cheek, but the t- the tweeter, the Twitter person, the tweeter sort of said, why is Eric Gustafson playing? And valid question. It is a valid question. And I thought about it. And here's two things we know. And Derek King has said that said both these things. Number one, Alex Vlasic, who is the seventh defenseman for the team right now is not NHL ready. He's not up to speed. He's not ready to go. And putting him in would be detrimental to his development. The second thing Derek King said was the Rockford Icehawks making the playoffs is very important. So for the moment, with that in mind, and I think he's right on both those things, right? We praised Davidson and everybody last night for their patience with prospects. They should do the same thing with Vlasic here. Let the Rockford team, as they're currently assembled, fight for playoff position, get in those playoffs and play together. I don't want to see anybody called up. You know, I don't want to see Bodan or Kalnick or Mitchell or whoever come up and take anything away from Rockford right now. It's not going to help. 
You know, they, they need to be down there and get into that and, and battle for the playoffs and get in the playoffs and compete. So I think the best thing to do is, as much as it's probably not ideal for Vlasic to just be sitting here not playing games, at least he's practicing with NHL players and you keep Gustafson in the lineup until Murphy's ready to come back and just, I think that's probably the plan until the end of the year. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I'm trying, I always try to get to like, what are they thinking and playing Eric Gustafson? And that's sort of the most reasonable answer I can come up with. Well, I'm I'm trying to look here at, at the, who the Blackhawks have under contract that you could pluck from the, or ice hogs that might not be detrimental to the lineup and, and put in place of Gustafson. If you're still going to sit Vlasic or, or send Vlasic down um, just to have as an extra body. And I'm looking at it and it's, it's Mitchell it's Kalanick, it's Galvis, it's Regula, it's Bodan, it's Phillips. That's, that's all the players you want playing in Rockford right now. Yep. Um, so on, on, unless they're, you know, I, I don't think that they can even, I might be wrong, but I don't think after the trade deadline you can sign anyone from an AHL deal to an NHL deal. I, I could be wrong, but I mean, what would be the purpose of doing that at this point? But I, I don't see anyone that they would take from Rockford to just pull up and be an extra body to send down um, Vlasic to, to to get ice time in Rockford. So, uh, yeah, I guess I guess him playing and practicing alongside the NHLers is 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 good. Um, but I, like, like we've seen with, with other players before just practicing, you, you can't get much from that at, in the long run. You know, he's not really going to get much in development just from practice. He needs to play, he needs to play ice time. So he has the ability to go down to Rockford because he was on the roster at the trade deadline. Um, so if he, if he can, if he can get get down there, get some ice time, I think that would be important. But yeah, I mean, once Murphy's back, I think that'll be the end of of Gustafson's uh, regular playing time because Derek King's been pretty complimentary of of Riley Stillman and Caleb Jones recently. So um, I don't see either of those two coming out of the lineup. And you have Dehan, you have Seth Jones, you have McCabe, and if you have a healthy Murphy, that's your six. I think you also need to figure out what you have in Stillman and what you have in Caleb Jones too, and see if these are, you know, as you evaluate the future, are these guys you want around for the next phase of this rebuild? I think you know what you have in Stillman, right? I like this is I don't know because, is. but last year he was so much more effective. He was a lot more physical. He was a lot more. I, I hate the word noticeable, but. I, I think that's true. I think Riley Stillman came in and made a really quick impact and turned a lot of heads. And remember, he was not the focal point of that trade. It was Henrik Borgstrom that was the big focus for Sam Bowman with that one. And then Stillman comes in. It's like, oh, this kind of throw-in piece seems to be working out pretty well, and he seemed to establish himself. But then this year, it's been different. I think lately he's been a little gun-shy because of the injury, so he's not mixing up. He's not as physical, and that's natural. Coming off an injury, you're going to have that – conscious or subconscious hesitation to get into a corner to, or to re-injure yourself. But I, I don't know if Riley Stillman is last year's Riley Stillman or this year's Riley Stillman. I think last year's I could see a future for him in this organization, but the way it's gone this year for the, for the vast majority of the season for him, eh, he's a guy, he's just a guy. And, and I mean, you could do worse, but you can do a hell of a lot better. Yeah. I think Stillman was brought back to be what 
Nikita's Doroff was at a cheaper price and a younger age and and more mobile. Right. And and yeah. you know, for a while that's what you were he getting is. from yes, him. Absolutely. Uh for a while that's what you were getting from him. But yeah, the physicality's kind of stopped. So if he's not bringing the physicality, what exactly do you do here, Riley Stillman? Because we saw a lot last night. The pairing of Stillman and Dahan got pinned in their zone yeah. a lot last night. He looked like he was swirling around in a blender half the time he's on the ice. Uh, so, you know, if you're not providing that physicality and those hits that you were paid to do, I'm not sure. Uh, but to get back on the Vlasic thing, like Eric Gustafson has become Michael Myers at the end of every Halloween movie. Just when you think he's dead, <laughs> he comes back to life and he gets Tops back in the, the goddamn lineup. And I'm freaking tired of it. Like, Seriously. Oh, Connor Murphy comes back. That's going to be the last of Eric Gustafson. We've said that nine times this season. You know, every time yeah. Stan Bowman's gone, Eric Gustafson's going to be gone. This guy's back. This guy's back. And the guy is still here. So yes. he's never going to die. He's like. So it's like, know, what about Bob? He's never gone. And he opens the door and Bob is still standing it's, it's outside the door. It's Groundhog Day with Eric Gustafson in the lineup every freaking time. So if Alex Vlasic is not NHL ready. What the hell is he doing here? So that's the question. I mean, so do you, because Gus or Vlasic has not played in Rockford. So do you no. send Vlasic to Rockford and be like, "Here's a new guy. Learn your teammates." Yeah, I would. I you would. would. Okay. You've got, you've got a solid six of young guys down there. You've got Kalanick Mitchell, Isaac Phillips, Nicholas Bodine, Jakob Galvis, Alex Regula. That's your future defense. That's a lot of those guys are going to be here in the next year or two. But send him down there, let him rotate in. Those things always seem to have a way of working out. You got a guy like Ryan Stanton that's still a veteran player down there who a lot of these young guys say is another coach on the ice. Let him learn from a Ryan Stanton on a daily basis. Not only what it takes to play on the ice, but those little things that it takes to become an actual pro. There's a lot that goes into it. It's, you know, training yourself off the ice. It's your regimen. It's it's setting up an apartment and a phone, simple things that we uh, take for granted, but these guys have never done that before. So maybe a guy like Ryan Stanton, take him under his wing for six weeks. That's not going to hurt him. Um, you know, and then let him play the, the, the ice hogs, the AHL schedule, they play a lot of back-to-back -back three games in three days. So you're going to need bodies to rotate to keep guys fresh for a, hopefully a playoff run. At least if he plays once or twice in Rockford, it's a lot better than what he's doing right now. He needs game speed. He needs game action. Yes, the AHL is not the same as the NHL, but it's pretty darn close. And this time of year, and especially if they get in the playoffs, he's going to be facing a lot of veteran guys uh, that play physical, that play hard, and that's what he needs exposure to. He doesn't need exposure to Jonathan Taves taking it easy on him because it's practice. He needs exposure to a guy that's been in the league, like a Stefan Nason on the Chicago Wolves, trying to run his ass through the end boards, and he needs to hold, he needs to hold his own. That's where he's going to learn, not practicing at the fifth third arena every day. He's going to learn getting on some AHL action. So if he's admittedly not ready for the NHL, Get, make your reservations at the Rockford Olive Garden. Get your salad and breadsticks and get your ass on the ice at the BMO Harris Center. Well, that, that I mean, that has to be the plan. It has to be Vlasic is here until Murphy is back and, and no practice for the Hawks today, Tuesday. So no update on Connor Murphy uh, as of yet. Um, so I don't even know what his timeline really is. Um, but he, So, yeah, so King, said, King said that Murphy was skating, um, ha has been skating. 
okay. yesterday and I think the day before too. So um, uh, he's so he is on the ice. Um, it, it, you know, concussions are different for for each player each each time you have one. Um, you know, Tyler Johnson came back, uh, and, and both of them, I think, bo- did both of them leave in the same game, if I remember correctly? I think it was. Yeah, something like that. It was It was either the same game or, yeah, like, or consecutive games. Consecutive yeah. games. Um, so, you know, you, Tyler Johnson came back and into the lineup yesterday. I, I would be surprised, again, can't, you know, concussions are different, but I would be surprised if Murphy wasn't back in the next uh, by the time they play at home, or maybe he goes on the road trip with them. Okay, and then you would hope Vlasic goes to Rockford, Gus yeah. becomes the seven, and this is how it goes at the end of the year, barring any sort of injuries or whatever. I want Eric Gustafson to pick me up in an Uber next week. That's what I want. <laughs> you want like, that to I, want, I want him to pull up in a Honda Accord and drive me where I'm going. I that's, want him that's what I want to, to lose Mario's food order and leave it outside a door we've never <laughs> seen before. That's what I want. Hey, that, that, Maybe that, it was Eric Gustafson. Maybe he heard us bad-mouthing him. He's like, I'll show that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a comment yeah. in the chat from uh, Derek. Uh, I, I, don't, I can't see the text right now, but basically saying, there we go. The Hawks don't have to tank for this to be a successful rebuild. It will take smart drafting and build around the number one line and use the ice hogs. Well, uh, we don't know how Kyle Davidson is as a drafter, um, but so far so good with everything else he's done. My thing with Rockford is aside from Lucas Reichel, who I still don't believe is like a franchise level player. He's going to be a solid player, a top six winger for sure. Potentially a center, a really good player, but he's not a franchise altering player. And aside from him, they don't really have any elite prospects in the system at all. You know, Ian Mitchell is probably the highest. And Greg, you'd probably be more, both you guys probably more qualified to talk about this than I would be. But if I'm projecting, you know, the the superstar potential or star potential of the prospects, I would say Reichel, then a big drop, then Mitchell, and then <laughs> beyond yeah, that, mean, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of guys you could really convince yourself are going to be you know top four defensemen or or top six forwards they have uh they have a number the defensemen that are down there now i'd say the ceiling the the ceiling for most of them would be like a good number three okay that's what i I, that's what i would say i'd say i'd say if they if they reached their their top potential they'd have you know the blackhawks if, if they kept all six of those guys around they'd have They'd have no number one, no number two, but a bunch of threes and fours at, at, at their best. And that's not terrible, but also what's the what's the percentage chance that all six of them stick one, stick around with the organization long enough to reach those potentials, and two, all of them hit hit that kind of potential. Um, so yeah, I I think I think Mitchell is is still got the potential to be a really solid NHL player. Um to play in a middle pairing role. I like, I like Alec Regula. I like Jakob Galvis too. I think those two guys have, um, you know, a, a good mixture of skills that translate well at the NHL level. Nicholas Bodan is so confusing because he was, you know, a, a first round pick. He was a top, a top tier prospect in, in that draft year. And he's been in Rockford. He's, he's played significant minutes for a few seasons now. And I, I, I just see the same player that I saw when he was first yeah, coming in. There's like not been a just, lot of growth. Like he just, it's, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just this, maybe this is his ceiling. I, maybe it was just uh, you know, he, he was really good in junior and then tr- didn't translate to the pro level. 
uh, as well as people thought. So I don't, yeah, I don't, Nick, I don't know with him. Yeah, Nicholas Bodine hasn't been bad, but you're right. He's right, not yeah. a first round talent. Like he's not a guy that goes like at least not yet. I still think there's a, a pretty good ceiling for him. You know, some of these guys just take longer to progress, and maybe he's that case where you know he's still very young. So yeah, it is a little disappointing. You'd want to see more from him, but. You know, I think he's kind of transitioning into exactly what he, you know, they want him to be. Does he want to be that two-way guy? Does he want to be a more physical guy? He actually leads the Ice Hogs in penalty minutes, which is, at least he did up to a couple of weeks ago, which is crazy. He had a couple of game misconducts that helped that along the line. Is that but, good or bad? But yeah, which is, it's can, like, I don't know if that's good or bad. Is he he's trying not, to be super physical? He's not dropping the gloves, right? Like, he's no, not, I mean, you know. No, I mean, he take he takes some, you know, penalties. He, there, he I remember he had one game misconduct because he said the magic word to, to an official and they told him to get lost. So, you know, there's some, there's some fire and passion there, my friends, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I've, and I'm seeing a lot of, um, I'm seeing a lot of comments today about, you know, tanking and Hey, let's just get the best pick possible this year. The Hawks aren't going to get it unless they get the first or second pick. And then that pick from the Seth Jones trade gives, goes to Columbus next year, no matter what. And as far as I'm concerned, I would rather have the top two pick in 2023 than 2022. Shane Wright is probably going to be a pretty good player. Nice player, Patrice Bergeron type player. But those three kids that are available in 2023, Connor Bedard, Mitch Koff out of Russia, and and uh, I got the kid playing for the steel. I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, like uh, Adam, Adam Fant Fantelli. Fantinelli. 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 Those three yeah. guys are the type of prospect you need. So, yeah, while, they, while it's nice to say, hey, maybe the Blackhawks can somehow get the first pick this year and get Shane right, that wouldn't be terrible by any means necessary, but I'd rather have one of those three guys available next year. So maybe get, you know, let Columbus get the fifth or sixth pick and, and reap the rewards of the trade they made and then focus on trying to get one of those top three picks next season. Um and you mentioned that we've got seven young defensemen and when you throw Alex Vlasic in the mix. All of those guys aren't going to be Blackhawks. And we Nolan Allen, that. too. Yes, Nolan Allen. Another yeah. first-round excellent pick. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Nolan Allen. No offense Allen, to him. He's a good player. He's just It's not his fault that he was drafted two rounds earlier than he should have been. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, like, people say, oh, he would have been there in the, in the third round. Like, okay, sure, maybe. But, I mean, if you, if you kind of – take a look at what he's been able to do uh, this season. I mean, he's, he's playing on the top pair uh, in the WHL. I mean, he's, he's, he's not a, um, he's not a big point producer, but he's a, he's a guy that I think can turn into uh, a physical presence. I mean, that, that's something we've seen the Blackhawks kind of turn the corner on with defensemen. They went from like small, fast puck movers to like, let's just get as much size in the blue line as, as we can with the ability to have some offensive potential. I think that we, Regula, you know, he was he was acquired, not drafted, but Vlasic, um, Ethan Del Mastro is, is a player like that, and, um, and and Nolan Allen. So I mean, I think those are those are guys that they've they've looked at as like needing those kinds of players. And I, you know, I think he is he is he going to be worthy of being a, a first round pick, even though he was what thirty second overall, thirty uh, first overall, like. Is he going to be, you know, worthy of that first round pick uh, expectations? Probably not. And I think if you temper those expectations, you're going to be a little bit more pleasantly surprised with Nolan Allen than thinking, oh, he was a first round pick and now he's, you know, all he does is is hit people or whatever. Like, 
Okay, but I mean, if, if they get a service, if they get a you know a guy who can play in in their top six and and, and eat some minutes and, and be physical out of him, that's a win. And remember too, the the guy who did all these made all these moves is gone. So yeah, right. <laughs> like exactly. at this point, you might as well just make the best of it. I think we see a lot of that with the Seth Jones conversation as well. Oh, they gave up too much and they're paying him too much. Like that's correct. I agree. However, Seth Jones is here. He's going to be here for the for a very, very long time. So you better just get used to it and learn to appreciate the many, many, many really good things Seth Jones does. He is a number one defenseman. He can move the puck. He's physical. He's fast. Like he's he's the total package. Is he Nick Lidstrom? No, he's not. Is he Roman Yossi? No, he's not. But he is in that second A tier of defensemen, and he's going to be a part of the Hawks for a long time. So instead of complaining about him, Every game and the fact that he exists on the Blackhawks, get used to it and enjoy the good things he provides because they vastly outweigh the bad. Is he a perfect player? No, he's not. But he's the best damn defenseman they have now or will likely have in the near or distant future. So embrace it. He came into the he came to the team and has done everything that they could have expected him to do. The, the, the trade that he, you know, the trade that got him here, a lot of people didn't like the extension doesn't help, but what he does on the ice is exactly what the Blackhawks were expecting him to do. He's not going to, he's probably not going to contend for a Norris maybe ever again, but he's like you said, Jay, he's a number one defenseman, which the Blackhawks did not have. So, so yeah, he's, he's here and he's been providing exactly what he was expected to. And for, for one reason or another, there's going to be a portion of the fans that just don't give him any credit for it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit unfair. Some people act like, you know, they gave Eric Gustafson that big deal. (laughs) Like, Oh, that's something to be outraged over. Yeah. Does Seth Jones have his flaws? Absolutely. He does. And playing on a, on a weak defensive team exposes those flaws more than if he was had some, help out there every once in a while sometimes he's on an island and and you know it doesn't know what you know it's hard to blame him for some of these things and there are some things early in the season you could tell he was a guy trying to do too much trying to justify the contract yep and that that you can pin on him and i did and a lot of us did you can pin that stuff on him but as the season progressed he's he's eating up the minutes you need him to do he's playing against the top competition that the opponents are throwing at him all all the time and you know he uh you know it, it, it is what it is he's here he's the best defenseman on this team he's going to be the best defenseman on this team for the next few years so you know maybe just forget about what he's getting paid because that's not his fault and you know let him just <laughs> appreciate what he can bring instead of constantly pointing out what you want him to be. If your boss came to you and said, I'm going to pay you $2 million over what you're worth. You would say yes. None of us yeah. will say, Hey boss, you're paying me way too much money. I'm, I'm not, not worth, worth that. It. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nobody would ever say that. Right. So, you know, especially in pro sports, these types of contracts in the hockey, especially a lot of guys never get to this point. So cash in, I will never get mad at a player for getting more money, the most money possible. That's what you play the game for. Yep. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, one of the many kind of messes that Kyle Davidson is inheriting that he's going to have to try and fix over the next couple of seasons or not necessarily fix, but make work around 
what the the rest of the team is going to do with the rebuild. So, you know, it's he's he's got a thankless job, and you know the the extension coming the extension kicking in next season is not going to make it easier as far as the salary cap goes. But you know, Seth Jones is is being paid as a top pair defenseman, and that's the role he's fitting for the Blackhawks. So yeah, that's just just kind of what you have to what you have to deal with and what you have to work with. And um, you know, speaking of eating minutes, uh, I am trying to. Uh, <laughs> be eating healthier, uh, despite what it, maybe missing out on DoorDash was b- better for my health in the long run. Uh, but athletic greens has, uh, has joined on with uh, CHGO sports as a, as a sponsor. And they're really excited about their new AG one product. Uh, I know Jay, you've spoken about your wife using it. She I've been using it. it. It's, it's been doing, it's been doing what it's supposed to. It's, it's so, you know, it's there to improve your gut health, to optimize your immune system and give you some more natural energy. I've definitely been feeling those, uh, those benefits. And in just one scoop of AG one, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help you start your day off. Right. And it's good if you have different uh, dietary restrictions or, you know, any kind of lifestyle diet, whether it's gluten-free or vegan or dairy-free or paleo, whatever it is, uh, with AG1, you're good to go. It's easy to incorporate into your life no matter how busy you are. It's a small once-a-day habit with big benefits. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgoblackhawks. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash chgoblackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, my wife has been taking it every day and loves it. Uh, Greg, reminder, bring yours in tomorrow for my wife to steal. Um, yeah she's into it man she she really likes it uh got a question here from ryan in the chat he says what do you guys think of kirby doc at the moment anything there other than a middle sixer we got into this a lot on last night's podcast but we do realize that with five shows a week and varying hours and times and all those things that not everybody hears every episode so we can get into it a little bit um my thought was wow the number three overall pick from a few years back is not playing in this game and I'm not even noticing that he's not there. And that to me is concerning. I thought he would be way more along in his development than he is. I thought he'd be a way more impactful player night to night, night to night than he has been not giving up on him. He's still very young, um, but it's just a little bit. This to me is, is, you know, uh, example one of many of Stan Bowman rushing a prospect to the NHL when they were not ready, not giving them any time to develop in the minors and forcing them to, I don't know, sell tickets or to try to slap a bandaid on a bad team, whatever the reason was, it was wrong. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that Kirby docs development is permanently stunted. I hope I'm wrong. I love the kid. Seems like a wonderful guy uh, wants to be great. You can tell he wants to be good. He works really hard, but it's just, it just hasn't clicked with him yet. And I'm starting, I'm entering concerned territory. I think the the injury, the broken wrist, both physically and mentally, uh, sapped a lot of his confidence. Sure. And that's something. Confidence is something we've we, we we've talked about with Kirby Doc ever since you know we've we've started the, this this CHGO Blackhawks podcast. And 
I think he is better than what he's shown. Um, I think he he wants, like you said, Jay, he wants to to be you know a, a top player, uh, worthy of the third overall pick. I think when he came into the league, the expectation was, oh, this is going to be a, a, the next Jonathan Taze, the next Ryan Getzlav, like a big you know big bodied centerman who can you know kind of do a little bit of everything and hasn't uh hasn't had the you know hit the ground running effect that i think a lot of people had hoped and expected him to do and i think it all ties back to the injury i i think he's he's he doesn't have the same physical confidence and he just doesn't have the same mental confidence in his game um i i had hoped this season would you know after being able to recover from the from the injury not have to play hurt anymore uh, i think that would have i would have hoped that that would have translated but it hasn't and i think one thing that I know we've mentioned before, uh, especially with his confidence, is moving him out of the center role. Yes, he's young. Yes, he's still learning and, and taking faceoffs against Jonathan Taze every day can should be able to help your development. But the guy can't win a faceoff to save his life, even in practice against Jonathan Taze. We've seen it. You know, you, you see it a, a, after practice before they leave the ice. You know, Doc and Taze working on faceoffs, and it's just Taze taking his lunch money, and it's just like. That's you know, you, you, you do, you do that every day in practice, you go out and you, you win 25%, 30% of your draws in a game. Like you, you know, what, whatever you do away from that is, is fine. But I mean, when you're a centerman, people can overblow the importance of faceoffs. I think they're important. I'd rather start a play with the puck than not. Um, so I think getting doc away from center and, and having him be able to develop his game as a wing without the pressure of having to, to take face-offs and, and lose face-offs and lose a, lose a face-off that leads to a goal or, you know, things like that. I think that can, can change his confidence. And I don't know if, if he turns out to be a, a second line player, a solid second line player, that's fine. Um, I, I know some people in the, in the chat are mentioning some of the players that were drafted after him. Yep. I, like, like, like Arthur saying hindsight's 2020, but also seeing more Sider and Trevor Zegers and, Matthew Boldy succeed. Uh, it's not helping his case uh, as he's trying to develop. You know, one, one thing I want to remind everybody of too. Remember the playoff bubble? Remember that whole deal? Um, Kirby Doc was one of the best players on the ice for either team, and yeah. there, that's the hopes were like, okay, here we go, and then the broken wrist happens. This, yeah, what we see here is a player in Kirby Doc that has zero confidence right now, and yeah. that's that's a problem. And maybe you know. In a, in a right you know his own enemy right now worst enemy appears to be in between his ears he's thinking too much out there and he's grabbing his stick to it maybe you know how many times have we seen him right in front of the net and either hit the post or the goalie make a good save or whiff on the shot or pass and it, yeah and and then mm -hmm. he, you, they show him on the bench and he just looks like a guy like what 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 the hell do i have to do maybe he gets a couple of those goals these last few games. And he gets some confidence at the heading into the off season would be a good thing. Playing him at the wing is where he needs to be. He's not a center. I don't think he's ever going to be a center. He's definitely not that franchise heir apparent to Jonathan Taves. Everybody thought he was going to be, or at least maybe the reason he was drafted to be, I'm not going to say everybody thought that. Listen, we can't change where he was drafted. Sure. We can go, if we can go in a time machine, we'd take somebody else at that pick, but we can't. But as Jay, as you said, the guy that picked him is no longer here. The guy that completely screwed him with zero development and threw him in the lineup is not here. Uh, Kyle Davison is showing, as we talked about, 
he's got more patience with these young players. So hopefully the sins of the past aren't repeated going forward because the Blackhawks may have another number three overall pick coming. Hopefully they have a couple of those guys coming in the next couple of years. So you can learn from the mistakes and the failures of your predecessor and hopefully not repeat those. And if that's what comes out of this, then okay, fine. Um, I'm not giving up on Doc completely yet either, but the ship has sailed as far as I'm concerned as being a franchise center. Can he still be, you know, a second line contributor? Yeah, I think so. But that's not what you draft third overall. Right. So I'm not saying he's a bust, but I'm saying he's a major disappointment. Hey, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois right now. You can actually download the PointsBet app today and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700 we got a little bit of news from um pierre lebrun this morning fellas from the gm meetings and apparently the kyles have made nice and have made up they have squashed their beef which is my favorite thing to do with beef before i eat it is to squash it between the bread (laughs) Uh, and things seem to be okay it's interesting there was a panel at the gm meetings about um leaks occurring in the media and typically what what LeBron said was a rookie GM, usually at the GM meetings, will keep his mouth shut and just sort of watch and learn. Uh, but Davidson made a point to stand up right away in that meeting. First guy to speak and say, hey, I'm as concerned about this as anybody. I know we just had an incident with the Leafs where something leaked out, uh, but I take this very seriously. So good on him to acknowledge it. Um, I don't think it was Kyle Davidson leaking this to the media. It doesn't seem to be his personality at all. But uh, addressed it with Dubas, addressed it with the other GMs in the league, and uh, hopefully that's behind them because Toronto's got some good players I wouldn't mind having at some point. Yeah. Are, we, yeah. are, we not, are we not certain that it didn't come from Toronto? Because Darren, Darren Dreger was the one who reported it. You think yeah, – I, I would not put it past uh, – you know, Drager to be more connected to Toronto than he is to Chicago. Yeah. Toronto is very leaky. Everything, everybody is focused on Toronto. The Blackhawks have always done a really good job of playing with their cards, cards close to the vest. You rarely right. ever hear what they're going to do. You know, they've been very good at kind of keeping everything in house. So if, if I was pulling up that points bet app and there was a bet, of which organization leaked that information, <laughs> I've been placing my yeah. money that it came out of Toronto <laughs> and not Chicago. Right. So, and, yeah. And, I, and I'm glad that it's whatever. It's it's behind everybody. That's fine. But, it, uh, I mean, it, the whole thing is so stupid. It's dumb. Right? It it's is. Just yeah. I, think, I think a lot of it was there, dubious. There's so, there's so many rumors and, and reports that come out that aren't true that right. it's just like, who cares? And you like, know like, some of these GMs are the ones telling these guys information yeah. to get it out there. I mean, come on. Let's not 
for Dubis, Dubis, to me, Dubis looked like a complete ass with all of this. And yeah. that's not me being a homer, but you know, I'm thinking he was just sick and tired of, Hey, why didn't you trade for Mark Andre Fleury or Brendan Hagel that he just like, well, I'm going to deflect. Maybe this will take some of the heat off of me, but you know, I, whatever. I'm glad they kissed and made up. Let's make a trade. Give us Peter Morazic's bad contract. So when it's time to trade Mitch Marner, you give him us and, and you, you know, you send him this way yeah. in three years. So future considerations. It is. That means it is. It is what it is. Austin and Matthews. Future considerations. Yes. <laughs> yes. Greatest future considerations ever. Yeah. That'll work. Uh, we're, before we get into our last little fun segment here, if you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure you're clicking that like button and subscribing to the CHGO YouTube channel and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're listening in the podcast audio only form, make sure you're subscribing there as well. So you never miss an episode, not only of CHGO Blackhawks, but all our great shows. And if you haven't become a CHGO member yet, seriously, what are you waiting for guys? I mean, this is another way to support this show and all of our great content headed over to all chgo.com. And I I know all of you guys sitting there aren't just Blackhawk fans. You love all Chicago sports. Well, that's what CHGO does. It gives you great shows and exclusive members-only written content. So go over, become a member. It's as cheap as you can get, and it's such a great value. Not only will you get continuing access to all of our great podcasts, but you get that members-only exclusive written content. We've all put up some pieces in the last few days. I wrote about Kyle Davidson not being Stan Bowman. Uh, Mario put up a great article about future uh, leadership and what it might look like after number 19 isn't here. And of course, Jay today had his Derek King article. Um, Great stuff up there. We're going to continue giving us great stuff. Plus, you also get a free shirt, any shirt you want. Obviously, we're partial to that really cool Blackhawks shirt. And if you see that logo right down there, uh, you can get that on a shirt. And, uh, or if you want to get one of the other, just all CHGO shirts, you can, they're great stuff. Dope merch as our own Luke Stuckmeyer, uh, put on the first day. And you also get, you also get exactly. And you also get, uh, access to our members only discord server where you can chat with fellow friends and, uh, a lot of the writers pop in now and then as well. So it's great for the Blackhawks fan, but I know you also love the bears, the bulls, the Chicago sky, the yeah. only reigning champions in the city of Chicago. And no matter what side of town, if you're a Cubs fan or a Sox fan, or you're one of those weirdos that likes both, we got those teams covered too. So just head over all chgo.com, become a member and uh, we'll give you a high five when we see, uh, when we see you in one of those uh, <laughs> awesome chgo shirts and uh, something else we're kind of having fun with here uh, with the Blackhawks is um, we're doing our March Madhouse Madness Tournament, uh, where we put up 64 of the best Blackhawks of all time and let you guys decide who the best of all time. And we're down to the Sweet 16. We posted them this morning. So I think before we wrap up here, we'll quickly go through these kind of fun brackets. Uh, and we're going to start with our 300-level bracket, the regional semis, as we have it. And the 300-level we got some interesting matchups. Number one seed, Stan Makita, will take on the number five seed, Patrick Sharp. And in the bottom half, we got a 2-3 matchup, Duncan Keith versus Jeremy Roenick. Pretty cool. It's pretty that's interesting. A, that's a, that's that's a, a good close one. one. It is a good one. Um, 
I think I got to go top two seeds, but we'll see how that plays out. A lot of the cup guys are still remaining. Not a surprise considering, you know, Twitter users, that's, that's their era. So that's our 300 level. Go to CHGO underscore Blackhawks on Twitter and place your votes. Uh, moving on from there, there is my favorite region, the Detroit sucks region. Uh, we have number one seed Patrick Kane versus number five seed Ed Belfour, one of three goalies in the Sweet 16. And then in the bottom half, this is a real tough one. Uh, number two, Denny Savard versus number three, Brent Seabrook. Uh, as much as I love Eddie Belfour, I don't see him beating Patrick Kane, but no. that Savard Seabrook, man, that is that's that's a flip of a coin, right? That's there. a good one. It's real tough. I, I'm gonna I'll tell the audience I went with Seabrook because titles matter. Yeah, I, and he's yeah, got that's, three. You know, yeah, I, I hard to argue. It's hard to argue with that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we have uh, the cheering the anthem region, and uh, Bobby Hull, the number one seed, has gotten through, uh, but he's had the lowest amount of vo- votes of all of our four number one seeds, and he's Go gonna figure. have a tough matchup. Yeah, I know Weird. it's got nothing to do with his playing either, but. Um, you know, I necessarily didn't want to include Bobby Hole in this, but you have to when you're talking about on ice only. But he's got a number five matchup with Tony Amante, and uh, based on the early votes, it's not looking is, good for Bobby Hole. It might I think be the this end is where of the run here. Yeah. where the first first number one seed falls here. I think it's it's starting to look that way, but you have until Thursday to vote. So, and then the other half of that bracket, we have one of our Cinderella stories: the six seed Nicholas Jarmelson versus the two seed Chris Chelios, and that is going to be a matchup of the voters, what era of black hole oh. hockey they put in because you got to go Chelios there. But that's so hard. And have... how much and how much <laughs> salt is in your diet? Right. So you know that's that's a tough one. And finally, the Madhouse region, we've got another 1-5 matchup. Only one four seed got to the Sweet 16. we got uh, former teammates. This is a tough one, too. Number one, Jonathan Taze versus number five, Marion Hosa. Mm. Uh, That's a tough five, man. I I voted for Hosa because I love Marion Hosa. That's a tough five. And on the bottom half, we've got a matchup of all-time great goaltenders. The two-seed Tony Esposito versus the six-seed Corey Crawford. Esposito, the greatest goaltender in franchise history, but Jay, you just said titles matter. And depending on when you watch the Blackhawks, I think Corey Crawford's getting to the elite eight here. I have to, uh, I have to admit, I love Tony Esposito. I met, I met him one time. He signed a picture for me. He was my dad's favorite player back in the day. I went with Corey Crawford. That's I did just, too. That's my generation. I, no, no disrespect to Tony. Oh, great guy. Met him a few times. Lovable guy. I got to interview him. Uh, a few years ago, and he was—he interviewed me for most of that interview. He wanted to know more about me, and I want to know about him. Great guy, he's dearly missed. Yeah. But I voted for Corey Crawford because, man, they don't win those cups in 2013 and 15 without him. Yeah, uh, that's tough, man. I'm—I'm I'm glad that fans are finally giving Crawford his due now that he's gone, because he was so seemingly loathed when he was here. Like yeah. Crawford sucks. He's a weak link. Like. What? What are we talking yeah. about here? You know, he's been replaced by Seth Jones, I think. Yeah, I guess so. That's the new public enemy number one. This guy's really good, but he's not perfect, so I hate him. Yeah. This is fandom. This is fandom. This is what it looks yeah. like. So, yeah. all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We're back tomorrow at twelve thirty live at twelve thirty. So join us there as well. Uh, make sure you check out all the great stuff at allchgo.com. 
including my piece on Derek King, Mario's piece last week on Jonathan Taves. Greg I have wrote about one on Jonathan Taves coming up too. He's just appears to be my favorite thing to write about. Well, tomorrow's a big uh, Thursday. Yeah, thir- Thursday is uh, game one thousand for Jonathan Taves. And I saw John Dietz one. point out something interesting that had Quenville not been fired for his negligence in a sexual assault case, um, he would have been present for Taves's and Kane's one thousandth games as a visiting oh, yeah. coach. Yeah, because they both came against the Panthers. Isn't that cool? Oh well, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh well, too bad. So sad. That's All right. Bad, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We want to remind you, as always, that we are presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000. For Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi, I'm Jay Zawoski. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 1230 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.